Welcome to a brand new college football episode of the Bold Take Podcast. I'm Austin Hill. With me as always is Austin Waiter. And before we get down into the meat of this college football weekend um, and the weekend to come, uh, let's uh, start off by plugging that NFL episode. Hey, um, always nice. Always nice. That was uh, came out yesterday. We have a lot of big talks. Uh, a lot of pandemonium in Tampa Bay going on right now. That's an interesting topic. Trump. Biggest winners, biggest losers of the previous week. Yeah, all that and a little bit more. And for, of course, uh, the all the trades that have been going yes. on as we approach the trade deadline. Absolutely. So you don't want to miss out on that thrilling conversation about this past week of the NFL. Um, but now let's get into college football. And let's start right away with a, a game I was really looking forward to. A game I was so looking forward to, I did not go to work so I could watch it. Syracuse and Clemson playing at 11 a.m. Um, and this was a great, great game. I think um, calls and lack thereof calls um, by the officials kind of ruined this game down the stretch, gave Clemson the win. Um, but the big thing that everybody wants to talk about in this 27-21 uh, game, the quarterback controversy that really isn't a quarterback controversy, and that's DJ gets benched, Cade Klubnick comes in. He goes two for four with 19 yards. Um, and so, really, people have been wondering, is this the change? And uh, I just want to hear your thoughts before I lay out my own thoughts on uh, this. Matter. First of all, for me, uh, no, I don't. I don't see this change. I don't see Abs- this changing absolutely. anything to me. And I think I heard someone say it on the. I think I heard whoever was calling the game, uh, whenever it happened. This is not a long term move. This was something the offense needed a spark. Nothing was working. Why not bring a spark and bring the freshman? And, and, you know, he only threw four passes. So it really wasn't even him. Will yeah. Shipley was dominant in this game. 172 yards on the ground was was absolutely amazing. Nonetheless, the defense for Clemson in the second half, very good performance as well. But also, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I did pick this as one of my bets with Syracuse plus 14. It was something odd about that 11 a.m. kickoff. Yeah. But, you know, I'll let it get to you about the QB situation. Do you, what do you think about um, it? So I, I'm completely with you. I, I think this, you know, the, the talk makes absolutely no sense. And my big thing was he threw four passes exactly. in a quarter and a half almost of play. Um, either he doesn't know the playbook or they don't trust him that much to throw the ball in those big games just yet. Um, and really a big thing that doesn't get that isn't being talked about is how poorly he played under pressure. Yeah. Every time there was pressure, he couldn't make decisions. He'd get sacked or he'd try to scramble out and gain a couple. Um, and that really brings me to a big point on some of these calls. Um, there was a unnecessary roughness called. Um, and to me, I, I think as a defender, you shouldn't make that hit. Yeah. I'm going to, Watching the game and watching the replay, when he gets hit, he's not. He doesn't look out of bounds to me. His one foot's on the green, and the other foot looks like it's right on the edge. This is my big comparison with it because we're obviously, in case you didn't know, there was a play later in the game with Clemson's or Syracuse QB that was very similar, where he's running out of bounds, and the Clemson player very much shoves him. Here's the difference to me. The Syracuse QB is very much trying to get out of bounds on the and play. And he is out of bounds. Yeah. He's and in the white. He's not trying to scramble upfield. The Clemson little freshman QB, he's tiptoeing on the sideline just trying to pick up the extra yards. To me, if you're willing to do that, you're willing to take the big hit. 
That's yes. just that's my personal opinion um, on that. So I again, as a defender, I get why as a defensive coordinator, you'd tell a guy, don't, 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 don't make it that close. It's third and twenty-five. Yeah, he's gonna go out of bounds. He's gonna punt. They're gonna punt the ball away, or they're gonna kick a field goal. I, I get that. Don't risk the penalty. But I think personally. It was a it was a bit of an overreaction, bit of a judgment call, and I think that personally, I think he was in bounds, but I think it's too bang bang to throw a, a, a get quite quite literally, it was a game changing flag. Yeah, because after that, they went down the field and scored. But also, we got to talk about Syracuse coaching in the second half. Yes, their second half, the number one, the offense was just nothing. And I know, and I know, Clemson made adjustments at halftime. But you should make adjustments as well with that. Um, I, I think my biggest complaint as far as their offense goes, I hate to cut you off, it's okay. is um, that they went away from the quarterback run exactly. entirely. That killed them. Garrett Schrader, uh, I mean, he had his way with them in the first half. And like you said, teams are going to make adjustments. You've got to make adjustments. But you cannot even... You can't just go completely eliminate the most effective part of your offense in this game. Uh, in the second half and expect to win the game. I mean, they didn't score in the second half. No, they didn't. And also another thing, Sean Tucker, one of the most underrated players in the country for running back, he only had five carries in the game. Five carries for 54 yards, might I remind you. That's a 10.8 average for each carry. You're telling me you don't want to get him the ball more. Yeah, absolutely. That, and also uh, from Dino ba- Baders, I think is how you pronounce the last name, or Babers, I don't – one of the two. It's either a B or a D for that spot. But anyway, at the end of the game – Whenever they're driving down the score late, he just casually lets five seconds run off the clock yeah. before calling a timeout. What are you doing there? That's something where immediately, if you call the timeout to me, you don't go, all right, let's wait five seconds. Uh, yeah. Okay, now let's call a timeout. Um, That's something you got to be better at as a coach, especially with how long he's been at Syracuse. Yes, uh, for sure. Uh, and I think, honestly, the mix-up was just that I think he was waiting to see if Clemson was going to go for it. Yeah. Um, and. I, I get that mentality, but um, I guess he didn't want him to have time to talk it over. But really, you needed that. You needed to call a timeout right away. I'm not. While I can understand maybe what his thought process was, I can't say that I agree with it. Yeah. Um. I understand that you know maybe he's thinking I want Dabo to make a split second decision here, and it was clear that Dabo wasn't going to. Dabo obviously made him use the timeout. Um. But he didn't want him to have that time to think about it. But I, I don't agree with it. I think you got to call a timeout. It doesn't matter if they go for it. So be it. Call your best run stop on fourth and two and get the ball down three. And also, you think about it. Syracuse was driving. They were near the red zone at the end of the game. Add five seconds there. Maybe Strader doesn't force that pass at, in the red zone that leads yeah. to an interception. Maybe he takes off and throws it away knowing he has a little extra time or is a little more conservative dumping it off to a check down to gain a few more yards. Yeah. That five seconds very much could have been a difference in that game. Yes, absolutely. Um, but Clemson, again, well, let's give some props to Clemson because they played well. They came back through all the circumstances. They make the game happen in a, a game that really looked like uh, not their game. It looked the like time. Syracuse game to lose, and yeah. they did lose. Uh, but credit Will Shipley. Uh, 170 yards, like I said, he's probably one of the more underrated players in college football right now. He's not yes. getting enough love this year. Um, yeah, absolutely. He he has not gotten the credit that he deserves, and he's really been uh, probably the, the, the leader of this Clemson offense this year. 
Um, but then we'll carry this into uh, Oklahoma State. Another big comeback against Texas. They close it out 41-34. And uh, their defense really stepped up in the second half, which is the exact opposite of what it did last week against TCU, where it fell apart and got picked apart. So it was nice to see almost a bounce back after what felt like two halves, uh, you know, second half of TCU, first half of Texas, of just getting beat down. Yeah, you know, I give them credit because the way that first half was going, it almost seemed like we were going to have to say Texas was back and Tennessee was back in the same week, yeah. which is just, ugh, just that's just icky, weird. Icky, icky, icky. Yes, but credit them. They made the adjustment to halftime. They came out, only gave up three points the remainder of the game, which very impressive with the way Texas played in that first half. And let me say this. As painful as they, while Texas lost this game, they are still a very good football team. As painful as to say, their offense with Quinn Ewers in is legit. Yeah, I mean they they made the right move. Getting Quinn Ewers is 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 the best move they've made, and it really shows that with a good quarterback, the system that they've got can work. Yes, but now they just got to get the defense figured out on that as well. But big time win for Oklahoma State keeps them in the playoff conversation with that one loss to TCU. So they're very much still alive to potentially maybe have a chance to sneak into the playoff or have a rematch with TCU in the championship for a playoff spot. Yes, absolutely. Um, they they they've given themselves every opportunity. Um, Oregon they completely run through UCLA. I believe the final score was forty five thirty. Um, but that game wasn't even that close till the very end. Um, really, Oregon dominated, and you know we've been teasing this idea for the last couple of weeks. But was Week One just a fluke against Oregon? Uh, again, I want to be known. I was high on Oregon at the start of the year, and then the Georgia game had me all frown. But they. You know, and I got to say, I was wrong. I, for some reason, I thought UCLA would win this game pretty convincingly. I will admit, I was way off. Yeah. But the biggest difference to me in this game was when Oregon scored to go up 17-10 with 10 minutes left in the second quarter. It was clear. They were going back and forth. Neither one of them was, neither one of them was really taking control. It's, Oregon stole a possession with that surprise onside kick to go up by 14. Yes. That was the difference. Because then, instead of the one touchdown game, UCLA's playing from behind the rest of the way. That was a big difference. And here's a fun fact that I saw on Twitter this morning. I don't think you're ready for it. I'm not ready. UCLA did not punt in this game. Wow. They did not punt. They averaged 4.29 points per drive against Oregon. They lost by 15 still. That That's ridiculous. They did not punt, and they still lost by double digits. That's yeah. that's insane. That is actually crazy. So, But uh, also, very much Oregon in the clear driver's seat for the Pac-12's playoff hopes right now. So it could be very interesting. Also, USC still sticking around as well. So those are two really the only ones left to try to have a chance at the playoff with UCLA losing. Yeah, uh, this this was uh, really big for them and a big win. Um, I, I kind of like how competitive and tight the Pac-12 is getting just because I feel like any of these teams right now might stand a chance to be able to steal a shot at the college football playoff with a win in the Pac-12. Of course, it's going to depend on how uh, the rest of these conferences shake out. Right now, it looks like I, I wouldn't put a Pac-12 team in there just no, because not yet. everybody not yet. else is. Right now, there's too many teams undefeated left. Exactly. But as things start to figure themselves out here, and we have, you know, after conference championship week, there's a good chance that whoever wins the Pac-12 could steal themselves a spot. Very, um, very much so. Especially, especially, yeah, especially if USC and Oregon win out. Yeah. Then that could be very interesting. Absolutely. Um, but a quick um, little note here. Uh, Bama 
bounces back with an incredibly easy win over Mississippi State. And this was a game that was really a battle for second place in the SEC West. And if Bama lost this game, they might, you know, kiss the, their chance at a SEC playoff uh, or an SEC championship berth uh, goodbye just with even how well Ole Miss has played. Bama's really the hardest game they have left to play. And, you know, with only one loss in conference to what, what it could have been Bama's too. Yeah. Um, it, it, it could have spelled bad. So they keep themselves on track to make that um, SEC championship. Definitely. And also, I mean, you know, I thought Mississippi State had an offense. I you did know, too. That's, that's what amazed me from this game because I expected this to be a game where ba- I thought Bama would win convincingly, but I thought Mississippi State scoring would keep them in it in the first half. That was not the case. This game was over from the first quarter. Uh, Bam was in full control. And now, like, it's very interesting in that SEC West now because you think about it, the big win by LSU, Bama, LSU, Ole Miss, all with only one loss in SEC play. That is a very interesting one, especially with Bama still having to play LSU and Ole Miss, both of which I believe are on, yeah, both of which are on the road, which that could be very, very tough for yes. Bama with the way that Ole Miss is playing despite that game and LSU has played over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, LSU has really come out of nowhere the way they started. I didn't think this team would have a chance, but with how crazy the SEC West has been this year, uh, there's there's absolutely all the chance in the world for them to make it. It is uh, It's going to be an exciting finish there. And our, a less little note from last week, TCU comes back against Kansas State, and they win it 38-28 and remain unbeaten. It is time to start giving props to the Horned Frogs. You know, and I got to listen, while we got, I will talk about TCU in a sec. We got to give credit to Kansas State as yes. well. Their backup, Will Howard, came in unexpectedly after the first drive because Adrian Martinez got hurt. Uh, and he got them a 28 to 10 lead. But credit to TCU, made the adjustments, didn't allow a touchdown the rest of the game, outscored them 28 to nothing after that. I mean, it was. It was pure dominance from them. Now, and also, let me say this. If Adrian Martinez is playing in this game, I still think TCU wins, but I think you see Kansas State put up a bit more of a fight. Yes, uh, I think there might have been a little more uh, offense just with how much he really brings to that Kansas State offense. Um, But it was a great win for TCU. They now control sole possession of first place in the Pac-12. And let me just say, they don't their their schedule is interesting to end the year. You think about it, they're at West Virginia. That's a trap game right there. Yes. Number one. Then Texas Tech at home, then at Texas, then at Baylor, and then versus Iowa State. Personally, at Texas will be their fin- toughest final game. Yeah. I think if they win that, if they win West Virginia and Texas Tech, I personally and they win Texas, I could see them easily beating Baylor and Iowa State to potentially make a playoff run right here, which yes. you know we'll find out for sure next Tuesday how much the committee believes in them because they talk about quality opponents. You think about it. Very good win against a solid Kansas team. A dominant win against Oklahoma. Beat a top 10 Oklahoma State team. And now a Kansas State team that has been very competitive as well. Those are very good quality wins for TCU that should put them up there near the top. Yes, absolutely. Um, normally, this is where we'd move on to talking about the AP poll. But this week, let's talk about, you know, let's go ahead and give the people the first bit of college football playoff committee action by making our own picks. And we'll go uh, we'll go team by team starting at number one. Who's your number one team? Who's the number one seed in the college football playoff if you're the committee? Well, let me say also before we enter, since we aren't talking to AP poll, shout out South Carolina. 
five and two after that bad start. They're now ranked twenty fifth. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they were a team I thought could be sneaky at start of the year. It's just unfortunately, they have two losses. But uh, number one, I have to go Georgia. Uh, it's hard for yes. me to place anyone else above them. Uh, their win against I know what you're saying. They haven't played anybody besides Oregon. But you see the way Oregon's been playing, and you look at the way that the final score of that game was. I mean, you you have to, and the way that their toughest, the their worst game was against Missouri on the road, which is which we will not lie. That is a bad game where they should have won by a lot more. But this is still a dominant team. They're the defending national champs. They deserve they deserve to be number one still. Yeah, they they deserve to be in the college football playoff until somebody takes them out. Absolutely. Um, I I'm with you with Georgia number one. Won't stay too long there. How about number two? Number two. This is where I get a little bit more controversial now. Obviously, I'm choosing between Ohio State and Tennessee. Yes. This is obvious. Uh, I'm actually giving the nod to Tennessee here at number two. And that main reasoning for that is quality wins. We talked about that. That's a thing you hear them discuss all the time yes. on the college football playoff. Uh, let's just take a look at some of the quality wins. Number one, win again on the road in Pitt. Managed to beat Florida. Won at LSU, who is now ranked 18th and looks a lot better. Destroyed them. And then have a win against a top 10 opponent in Alabama. And depending on how the game goes this weekend, they would have another top 20 win by beating Kentucky. That's that's a phenomenal resume. Yes, that's absolutely. something that I could understand. Maybe them even competing with Georgia for number one. Even yeah, though, that's a one-seed resume. Yeah, that, that's, a one, that's a number one resume. And then you think about it, they still have Georgia the week after, which if they beat them, they're not number one. What are yeah. we doing here? And then South Carolina still. So to me, resume-wise, you have to put them number two. You have to, if, if they're not number one. And so, your number three, then, would be... Ohio State. Uh, and that's mainly because they haven't played anybody. I still think this is a very talented football team. Let me state that. Yes. But they have not played anybody enough, and I think that could hurt them. Notre Dame, originally at star of the year, looked like a really good win. Yeah. But as we've seen, again, no offense. As no, seen I'm that, not taking any offense. We, it doesn't hurt my feelings to say down that the they're stretch, bad. Notre Dame is not as good. Now, they have two quality opponents, Penn State and then Michigan at the end of the year. You win both those, you earn my respect. But you got to be able to win those. Yes, absolutely. So I'm with you on those two teams, but I got them flip flop. I think the committee won't put two SEC teams at the top. Um, maybe they will, but I don't think they will. I think they they're weird about that stuff, which is will lead into some of my reasoning a little bit later for who I took at number four. Okay. Um, but I like Ohio State at two for those reasons, um, and then Tennessee at three. Um, four, here's where we get a little bit interesting. I'm curious to see who yours is because I feel like I went a little controversial. There's there's a lot of good options. Here. Yes. There's a lot. You can make a case for Michigan, for Clemson, for Bama, for TCU, for Oregon. Shoot, you can make one for Oklahoma State as well. And, you know, now that they're right near the top ten, Wake Forest maybe. Yes. You know, and that one, you know, some people might say is a bit of a stretch, but not this man. No, not me. Put him in Wait, there. Is that, is that your big – is that it's your, not my number okay, four. Okay, okay. Not my number four. I'm not going that crazy. Uh, but for me, this is this is a really tough one. And again, I look at it and think the way that they would look at it with the quality wins and also just playing good football. So my number four, uh, I have the I have the TCU Horn Frogs here at number four. I like that. This pick. is a. I know this is a little odd. You know, why is it not Michigan? I think TCU has played better teams as of late. Granted, Michigan dominated a top ten Penn State team, but besides that, they really haven't done much. Granted, they have been dominant. Uh, in some of their other games, but also struggled in some of their other games too. 
But TCU is playing, to me, the better football out of all those teams I just said. So I think they get the nod number four to me. I like that pick, and I'd really like to see that team here. Here's my reasoning for where I go number four. I don't go TCU. Um, You go Oregon. So, no. My no-brainer pick for this spot, regardless of conference and division, I think I would put Michigan here. Okay. I really like the way Michigan plays. But that's not how the committee thinks. The committee is weird, and the committee and college football would go into disarray if my because my current playoff is two SEC teams and a Big Ten team. Everyone would lose their marbles if it was just two Big Ten teams and two SEC teams. Yeah. So for that reason, I will take Clemson to be the number four team in the nation. That's and fair. Represent in the college football playoff. I think TCU is better than Clemson, but Clemson is a blue blood as of late for the college football playoff and they're hot right now the big comeback win against Syracuse a win over NC State they've got the resume to make the playoff they've got the favoritism to make the playoff and they're not in the Big Ten I think that's a big help for them to get conference diversity because I think uh, I, I mean I but I'd love to see two team only two uh, conferences make it because then they'd expand the playoff. They would. Um, but, 100% would move it up the next year without even trying to make it wait another year. But I think that the committee is uh, a little bit smarter than that. They're not going to fall into that trap. Um, but now we're going to go into something that they do all the time, and that's the first two teams out, your five and your six. So mine is actually a little bit controversial here, five and six. Uh, number five for me is Michigan. I think Michigan rightfully deserved to be in the top five. Me too. Uh, like I said, this team would be my four if they didn't play in the Big Ten. Exactly. My number six, though, this is a tough one. There's a lot of people I could see at it. I will say my spoiler for I, – I, we won't do number seven, but number seven I would definitely put Oregon there. Yeah. Uh, but number six, I like Alabama there. And I know that means I have Clemson at number eight, which to some people is like, whoa, 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 that's – but they've been meh. They, I'm just about to say, and I hate to say it, you know, besides Syracuse, they really haven't impressed me. I mean, the Wake Forest one is pretty good too. I'll give them that yeah. one. But the NC State one, I haven't been impressed. I'm just, I'm just not as big of a believer in them this year. I and agree. the difference in years past to me was we gave them the excuse because we felt they had the talent to beat Bam and all them. This year, I don't think they have the talent to hang around with Georgia or Ohio State or Tennessee. Or Michigan. Or TCU. Or TCU. Or Bama, like I said. So, to me, I think that they, I think that it should be Michigan and Bama 5 and 6. And then, I guess since I already said it, pretty much TCU, uh, not TCU, Oregon 7 and Clemson 8 for that one. So, I gave you, I gave you 4 there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I've got Michigan right there sitting at 5, obviously. I think, like I said, they'd be my 4 if they didn't play in the Big Ten. Um, but I feel like all that conference diversity is going to have to happen. Um, but at number six, I leaned heavy on Bama. I thought they're the number six in the AP poll. They're good. But I'd be leaving somebody out, somebody that's had a better season, somebody that hasn't lost. And so I go TCU at six here. They've got the resume to definitely make it, especially with Georgia and Tennessee playing. That could be a college football playoff. That probably will be a college football playoff eliminator. Um, obviously, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play, which will definitely be a college football playoff eliminator. So there are a lot of spots that are going to clear up for them. I like them at six right now just because I feel like the committee 
I, I feel like people don't value TCU as much as they should, but you're absolutely right. They have a good resume right now, and they will have a great resume by the end of the year if they win out. Um, but that's our top six yeah. teams, well, or top eight. Yeah, let me clarify something else, too. The reason why I think Tennessee's at number two, I think with it, this rankings coming out the week before Georgia and Tennessee play, they the, the world make, they want to make it a one versus yeah. two matchup. I'm Absolutely. that that's my main thinking there. You know, I I, I I like it. And also another thing, the SEC's it, while it could be a playoff eliminator. It could lead to some even more chaos. So let's say Georgia wins the the game against Tennessee, and then they lose to Bama in the SEC championship. Tennessee wins out the remainder of the year. What do you do with Tennessee? It does put you do you put them? Do you put them in with Bama because they beat Bama earlier this year? And then, you know, let's see. To me, I think Georgia is in the worst position if they lose this game. Yes. Because if Georgia loses, let's say Bama beats Tennessee, well, then you wouldn't get in over Tennessee, I don't think, because Tennessee beat, beat, you. beat you. So, And then Tennessee couldn't beat Alabama in a rematch. Exactly. So, And they would look at it and say, they're split. Everyone would love to see them play again. And I think that they would make that they would put them in over them. So to me, just I guess a little heads up for that game. If Tennessee were to win this weekend, uh, that's a to me it's a must win for Georgia more than Tennessee. Absolutely, I completely agree with that rationale. Now, let's go into my surprise question for you. I know you've okay. been waiting on yeah, it the this entire man's been, time. Yeah, this man's been ta- told me about it. He said he wouldn't tell me because he wanted me to be surprised. So. so I want your honest take. Okay. right here, right now. You're the Heisman voter. Who are you taking? Oh. Hendon Hooker, no doubt. I'm sorry. This is this is a no doubter to me. Absolutely. The biggest story of the year in college football is Tennessee. Tennessee's offense is amazing. You could also make the conversation for uh, for Hyatt, the wide receiver. He's been elite too. But to me, like we said at the start of the year, it's a quarterback award. Best quarterback to me in the country. The one that, and also you got to remember, this is a storyline award too. They yes. don't give it to the one just because they're the best in college football. Trevor Lawrence didn't win one. Deshaun Watson didn't win one. Exactly. So, yeah, I like Hendon Hooker for this one, especially if Tennessee were to beat Georgia and get to the SEC championship game. To me, to me it'd be a no-doubter. Yes, uh, my notes actually say Hendon Hooker, parentheses, no-brainer. Um, <laughs> I feel like this is a, an easy pick right now, but I did want to open like up the conversation. I like you putting me on the spot, though. Yes. I like it. I wanted to put you on the spot, and I wanted to open up the question because we are – Nearing the halfway, we're about the halfway point, I and would say. But also, let me say, someone else that I think needs to enter the conversation that not enough people are talking about, uh, Blake Corum from Michigan, running back. Yes. I think he deserves to be in the conversation for it. He has been a catalyst for that offense, and Michigan's still being very good. And I think if they keep on relying on him, like I fully expect them to do, and they win out, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in New York with Hendon Hooker and I would say probably C.J. Stroud because, yes. you know, well, that's going to be especially pick. if Ohio State and Michigan are both like eleven and no enter in the matchup. I think they would both enter it there. Yes, um, I'm going to go ahead and throw out another guy as well. Just okay. a guy that I think should be in New York. Max Dugan. Yes. All right. A guy, yeah. a, a guy <laughs> I think should be in New York. Well, if the season ended today, I think he should be in New York. We'll see how the rest of the season goes, but he has really dug deep for this team. If you remember, at the beginning of the year, he was benched. And he did not open up the season true. starting. That's true. He did Injury not. led to him coming back in, and he has really led this team to success. And you know who the QB was that he got he replaced, right? No, Chandler Morris. Chad wow. Morris's son comes full circle. Yeah. Um. But yes, he he was benched. 
He would, but he's been given a second chance, and he's taken that opportunity and run with it. I think that's another great storyline that you could have coming into the Heisman, and especially if this team keeps succeeding, um, that would be massive for him. But let's get right into our bet of the week. And honestly, if you've been betting with us, you've been winning a lot. I was about to say, this weekend for me, if you took my bets, I had a very, actually really good weekend for the first time in a bit. So, yeah, you're you're making money with us. You're making money with us. So, kind of like you changed it up during the NFL. I'll change it up, and I'll go first this okay, time. With I the like it. The week. Um, I'm going to go with Penn State plus 15.5 against Ohio State. It's actually up to plus 16.5 now. Well, perfect, and I looked that an hour ago. <laughs> so, that is crazy. Um, I like Penn State plus anything and a half. I think Penn State's going to keep this game a really close Um, uh, like we've said, Ohio state hasn't really played anybody this year. And in the games, we thought they were playing somebody like against Notre Dame. They struggled against a good defense. So I think you come out here, you play a good defense, you face this team. This game stays low scoring, scoring stays close. I think Ohio state will maybe pull it out. I, they're definitely the favorite, but I do like Penn state plus 15 and a half to help you make a little bit of money. They're going to keep it close. Yeah. Uh, so I have my typical two that I that are backup ones, and then my one main one. One of my backup ones was Penn State for that one. Penn State's defense is very much going to keep them in this game. Yes, yes, their offense is good enough to keep them in the game. Ohio State, I think, with this being their first tough opponent, and also while it's a Fox noon kickoff, it's in Happy Valley. When that stadium's jam packed, it's a tough place. To it's going to be crazy. So, uh, for so for me, I think it stays within sixteen. Maybe Ohio State wins by two touchdowns, but. I don't think they win by any more. My other backup one, Oklahoma State versus Kansas State. I actually like the over in this game, which is at 56, surprisingly to me. I thought this would be in the 60s. So to me, it's going to be. To me, it should be, you know. And then my main one, which might come as a surprise, but it's just for me uh, Kentucky plus 12 and a half versus Tennessee. Let me say this. I don't, I don't think I might. Kentucky can win this game straight up. I'm going to be honest with you. Yes. And something's going to give in this game because I saw another stat on Twitter that I thought was interesting today. You ready to hear? Tennessee has scored 30-plus points in 10 straight games. That's the longest streak in program history. Terrific. Impressive. Kentucky has allowed 24 or fewer points in 11 straight games. Longest active streak in FBS. Wow. Something has to give in this game. And also, while I think Kentucky's defense does have enough to slow down, Tennessee's offense. I also think their offense with Will Levis back and hopefully healthy. Granted, will be in Knoxville will be a little tough, but I think getting him back, their offense can hang around with them as well. So not 100% sure they win, but 12 and a half is just way too much for me for a top 20 matchup. It's just way too much. Absolutely. Um, well, with talking about the bets of the week, we've talked about every game for our game picks that are coming up. <laughs> um, so we'll start with the big game, Fox noon, big noon kickoff. Penn State, Ohio State, who you got? Uh, for this one, listen, I want I'm going to be rooting for Penn State because I feel like this would cause a whole lot of chaos with Ohio State, especially with the playoff rankings this upcoming weekend. It could make things interesting. You wonder how far Ohio State could drop in the rankings, but I got to be honest with you, I do think Ohio State gets it done. I do think they struggle in this game. I yes. think this stays very close throughout, but I think the overall talent of Ohio State's team is what carries them to the win uh, at the end. All righty. Right here, I'm going to go Penn State. Uh, I, I I knew you were going to go Penn I State. Like, I, everybody knows I like Penn State. Uh, you are a big Penn State guy. So I'm going to pick Penn State, and I'm just going to go with it. I don't have a reason. They didn't play very well last week, or 
two weeks ago against Michigan. Uh, but they look good against they, Minnesota. They looked good against Minnesota. Which it's I really going to be, be the key of being able to stop the run. Yeah. Ohio State found success uh, in the run game against Notre Dame when they struggled. And obviously Michigan had success against Penn State running the ball two weeks ago. So that really, to me, brews up Ohio State willing to maybe sacrifice not having the best passing game from C.J. Stroud to just pound the ball and win a game. Um, and so for me, it's going to be about Penn State getting uh, stops, but they've got the defense to do it. It's going to be about digging deep and getting it. And uh, honestly, I'm just going for the upset. Um, I feel like I, so we don't know the record. We haven't been looking at the record. I feel like I'm down, though. I haven't even been keeping track, but I feel I like I'm down. Either. So I'm going to go and split here and try and maybe steal a win. I'll tell you what. What we're going to do, we're going to do them one more time next week, and then I will do the work to get all the stats for our game picks and our betting picks so far and see how we've how we've done so far this year. So we'll 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 go. I'll, I'll get that after after next week. All right, I like it. Um, then we've got Kansas State, Oklahoma State. This is going to be uh, really a fun game to me, but who are you going to take here? Uh, to me, it comes down to Adrian Martinez. I don't know 100% for sure if he's yeah. going to play in the game. And to me, I think that hurts Kansas State here. And again, let me clarify, Kansas State's still a very good team. They are. They have just played a gauntlet as of late. You think about it, they just played TCU. Now they got to play Oklahoma State. I mean, the top two teams in the conference. Yeah, and you think about it, they... And you think about it as well, they played another top 25 team earlier this year in Tulane. So they play tough opponents. They still have to play Texas, Baylor, West Virginia, Kansas. So they might have a little bit of a tough finish at the end of the year. But solely because I don't know if Martinez is playing for sure, I'm going to have to go Oklahoma State here. And Oklahoma State needs us to keep in that playoff chances. I'm with you. Uh, the questions around Kansas State are a little too much, and I think could even you know affect practice reps and what happens there. And so all that uncertainty around the team, I'd love to see Kansas State get a big win here because they've been a fun team to watch. But I'm going to pick o- Oklahoma State just to help my record out maybe a little bit. Um, that I don't know if it's good or bad, obviously. Uh, but I, I, I think that Oklahoma State gets it done with all this uncertainty around the quarterback. Um, and then our last matchup, Probably, in my opinion, going to end up being the game of the weekend. Yeah, hundred percent agree. Tennessee and Kentucky. This was hundred. This wasn't even close to me. I saw this was game of the year to start. Yeah. Uh man. You know, listen. This is a tough pick. This is very tough because, the, you know, we talked about with Tennessee before the Bama game, not looking ahead and, to what could be happening, and, and they didn't. Yeah, but can they stay as focused with? you know, even a better team. Yeah, exactly. And also, this is a rivalry. These two do not like each other. They are not big fans. So, it's tough for me. Mm. You know what? Tennessee has has been known for letdowns. You know what? Give me Kentucky to win this game. Wow. And let me just say this. I think with this win, Kentucky enters back into the playoff, into the SEC East discussion, setting up their matchup with Georgia at the end of the year, which could lead to a whole lot of chaos, especially if, let's say it's, let's say this happens. What if Kentucky beats Tennessee? Tennessee, Tennessee beats, Georgia. beats Georgia, and then Georgia beats Kentucky. Who who, who gets in? I think, obviously, Kentucky would fall yeah, out. Yeah, obviously. I mean, Georgia losses. and Tennessee. But now it's Georgia and Tennessee. I mean, that one's tough. That, that might have to go to the highest-ranked team, honestly, there. Yeah. And honestly, it would probably be Tennessee then. For that one, so, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, I'm gonna go Kentucky in this one. I'm, I I can understand this one being completely wrong. 
It just feels like a game that Tennessee in the past has been known to let down. If they win this one, I might pick them to win at Georgia. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to rock with my Heisman favorite because I really liked him and I'd like to keep it going. I'm going to go with Tennessee. I like it. I think on paper they're the better team, uh, but they're very they're both very good teams. Not to say that Kentucky's not a good team. Um, but Kentucky, you know, had the Will Levis injury that really is the only thing that's hold, held them back this yeah. season. Because you think that he got injured against, uh, you got injured against Ole Miss. He hurt his hand in that one. Then didn't play in the South Carolina game, which if he plays, they win that game probably. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it's a little bit tough for them what's happened over the the stretch, but um, it it has been super interesting to see them play. But I really like Tennessee. I think they're firing on all cylinders. They didn't look ahead before. I don't think they'll do it here. It, yeah. And then they'll be ready to play Georgia. I'm not saying they are my pick, but if they do pull this, if they do win this and not look ahead again, I might just pick them to go in the Georgia and win yeah. because that wouldn't be a crazy thing to think. No, they they've been something else, but. With all that being said, that's going to do it here for College Football at the Bold Take Podcast. Do not forget to listen to that NFL episode. came out yesterday. It was fun stuff. Um, but that's Austin Waiter. I'm Austin Hill, and we want to thank you for listening.